This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Just so we're all clear on this, the guy who signed multiple executive orders on his very first day in office, many of them illegal, the guy who has worked with our foreign adversaries to uh, curry favor and get money for his own family, that guy wants you to know that democracy is on the ballot uh, next Tuesday. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Um, you know, I wonder if I wonder if Joe Biden, I wouldn't be shocked. I know he went to vote with his 18 year old uh, granddaughter the other day, which was and then he put the sticker on her chest. It was really creepy. I don't know if you saw the whole he kissed her and put the sticker on her chest. And it was just another one of those weird, creepy old dude type things that we're so used to now with Joe Biden. Um, you know, and again, it, it, it's it's bizarre that we get used to these things. We shouldn't. We shouldn't get used to to a president who can't speak, a president who makes racist remarks, a president who called a senator boy, Marco Rubio, a Latino senator from Florida boy the other day, and a guy who, uh, you know, touches children in questionable ways. Um, I guess she's 18 now, so she's an adult, technically. I guess it's just it's just teaching, uh, uh, touching a woman in a creepy way. Um, but anyway, so back to the whole thing with democracy. I wonder if Joe Biden, when he went in to uh, cast his ballot, I wonder if he looked out and said, where's democracy? I said, I don't see I don't see democracy on my back. I see a bunch of senators and Congress people. I thought democracy was on the ballot this time. Uh, but his his speech yesterday that he gave in Washington, D.C. was just as divisive, if not more so. Than the satanic speech. I will say this. The background was better. He was well lit. They had American flags. He was wearing blue. He looked less like Satan than he did before. And uh, while he got angry and screamed and yelled, it wasn't into the, the black of night. Also, it wasn't outdoors, which means there were no hecklers. There was uh, there were no bullhorn boys. The bullhorn boys weren't hanging around yelling FJB and and let's go Brandon and that kind of thing. And that's really the one big thing that I missed. Um, you know, I, I prefer the outdoor venues for that very reason, but, uh, but you know, you can't always get, you can't always get what you want. Um, and Joe Biden is, he, he did something that again, I don't believe a president should be able to do. I don't believe that the media should give a sitting president, the, uh, bully pulpit that they give sitting presidents to campaign. If he had a specific topic about, you know, violence or crime or the border. Sure. If he's got information that he wants to share about what's going on with, oh, I don't know, North Korea, who's launching missiles all over the world, like at a rapid rate. If he wanted to give an update on uh, Vladimir Putin and the situation in Ukraine and, uh, you know, nuclear missiles and bombs that may be blowing up in Eastern Europe or in Western Europe or God forbid, the United States of America. If he wanted to talk about the economy and inflation and what he's doing to bring that down, have at it. 
You know, that's your job. You're the president. You're supposed to be given the opportunity to speak from the White House and and communicate with the people in the United States of America as to how you're doing your job and how you're going to benefit them. But Joe Biden didn't do that. Joe Biden, uh, he did this whole event. The MSNBC carried it. A bunch of other stations carried it. And his one sole purpose was to try and sway the vote from Republicans to Democrats. And he tried to do it in a way that, I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess he hasn't been paying attention. I guess he hasn't followed along. He is continually looking at the ideas that the Democrats believe are problems instead of the ideas that are actually problems. Um, it's, it, it's really the culmination of a bunch of missed opportunities by the Democrats. And again, I'm not sad that they missed them. I'm glad they did. Uh, you know, typically the Democrats in the past have been able to find things that can carry them to power. In this particular election cycle, they glommed onto and they grabbed their, they sunk their meat hooks into things that nobody cares about, nobody feels threatened by, and nobody really um, thinks is a big deal except for the Democrats. And that's the real problem when it comes to elections. What the Republicans have done a great job of is going out and saying, where, what is the big, what are people doing? You know, what is wrong with this country that's affecting millions of Americans every single day? There's 330 million people in this country. What do the majority of those folks complain about? What's their pain point? And the economy is number one. The economy, inflation, gas prices, food prices, the, the supply chain, their investments, tanking, all of these, the, the stock exchange, everything, home prices. I mean, people wanting to buy a new home, but then the Fed jacked up the rate another three quarters of a point. That's insanity. To have the interest rates this high is stifling the um the uh, the housing market at a time when people are looking at their their most prized and their most valuable possession and saying this could be my retirement, but now the prices are 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 plummeting because the market is drying up because the Fed is raising the prices because Joe Biden has not gotten a control is uh, a control over inflation. It's all it all goes back to Biden. So the Republicans have been able to say, look, everybody's being affected by this. The gas prices, the inflation, it's right there. It's visible. It's on every street corner. It's every time you go to the bank. It's every time you go to the store and buy your expensive Kellogg cereal. We all see what's happening. And Joe Biden's to blame. Crime. Crime is another issue. They're trying to tell you now. I don't know if you know this, but Kathy Hochul and gosh, who Val Demings and I think Kamala Harris was out the other day uh, on The View. They've been trying to push this false narrative that crime is actually down. Crime's down nationwide. Except, oh, except in red states. That's the other thing I heard the other day. Crime is down nationwide, except in red states where crime is actually up. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's a tough sell. That's a tough sell to people in red states who are enjoying not just freedom uh, from masks and mandates, but you know, I feel very safe in my red state. You know why? Lots of guns. I got guns everywhere. My neighbors got guns everywhere. I'm not worried about intruders. If I accidentally leave my door unlocked or, or, or if I accidentally forget to turn on the alarm or if I accidentally leave my keys in my car overnight, I'm not worried about anything happening to that stuff because I know I live in a very safe community in a very safe place because we have um, crime. Uh, we have law and order, uh, you know, leaders in place and we have police. And here in Florida, we don't only uh, not only do we not defund our police, but we bonus our police. We invite people to come and be police officers. We pay them a handsome and respectable wage. And we say thank you for your service. Thank you 
for protecting us. We don't throw water at them. We don't throw bags of urine in their face. We don't shoot them in their cars. We don't run them off the road. We don't screw pigs in a blanket or scream uh, screw. We don't screw pigs in a blanket. There may be some people in Florida who screw. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, you know, that's not a thing. I'm saying we don't scream pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon or whatever, whatever those zany lunatics in, in New York and, and, uh, and Seattle do. Anyway, the, the fact of the matter, let me get back to my original point, which is that crime is a problem. Uh, whether you look at a statistic or whether you talk to people, they're scared to leave their homes. They're scared to go out. They're scared of shootings, carjackings, burglaries. They're scared of gang violence and tourist hubs like New York City and L.A. They're scared. Their tourism is down. People are afraid to go out. They don't want to go on Rodeo Drive anymore. People are getting carjacked. Stores are getting smashed and grabbed. You know, people are getting just beat up for no apparent reason. Old folks on the street of New York sucker punched and robbed in the middle of the day and nobody does a damn thing about it. So crime's a big problem. The Republicans have glommed onto that. Also immigration. Immigration, the open border, the drugs, the fentanyl, the, the, the gang violence, the human traffickers, the bad stuff, the terrorists, everybody coming across our, our southern border. That's a huge concern as well. And guess who's guess who's shone the spotlight on that? The Republicans, Republicans like Greg Abbott, who put a bunch of these immigrants on a bus and dropped them off at Kamala Harris's house. And well, you know what? You got to pay attention to it. Ron DeSantis, he got some illegals on a private plane and flew him to Martha's Vineyard. And man, that was the that was the biggest story for a week and a half. All of a sudden, while the Democrats were trying to hide the real problems, trying to hide the gas prices by tapping into the strategic oil reserve, trying to hide inflation by blaming the pandemic and blaming Vladimir Putin, trying to hide the immigrant problem by sending Kamala Harris anywhere but the border not allowing the uh, TV stations that are in their back pocket that speak for them to, to highlight what's going on at the border, putting, uh, you know, not allowing people into the, into the migrant encampments along the border. They've been doing their damnedest to hide the actual issues and promote these issues that nobody cares about. One of them, which we've talked about ad nauseum, is abortion. Abortion, federally protecting Roe v. Wade, is not a major concern for the majority of Americans. And that's a fact. Crime is up. And abortion is down. People are not out there anymore uh, upset about the Supreme Court verdict. Abortions are happening every single day across the country. If you would like to get an abortion, you can get an abortion. Babies are still being killed in the womb. That has not changed. Uh, there are stricter laws now. There are a lot of states where abortion is not a, a viable alternative or abortion after a certain time period, like 15 weeks or or, or, you know, six weeks or, or any of these other laws, they're establishing limits on abortion instead of just willy-nilly unlimited abortion. And the Democrats are trying to turn that into an issue that it's not. The second thing is January 6th. And much like the first impeachment of Donald Trump, much like the second impeachment of Donald Trump, much like all these made-up crimes that Donald Trump didn't commit, but the Democrats wanted you to believe he committed uh, so that they could, they could you know, uh, they could win political uh, power, you know, with these lies, all of that is now falling back to January 6th. And January 6th is not a concern to people. Nobody saw January 6th the way the Democrats are portraying it. Nobody saw it as an insurrection, first of all, because the government didn't fall. Nothing was insurrected. Nobody saw it as a threat to democracy. What they saw it as was a group of people who were angry about the election, who went down to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically protest. And then, for whatever reason, Doors were opened, people gates were removed, people were allowed inside. They saw, sure, angry folks, 
but they also saw folks taking selfies with police officers and wandering through the hallowed halls of Congress. Were there people running up and down the halls yelling, where's Nancy? Apparently there were. Were there also people who were just, you know, sitting around laughing, carrying, uh, you know, uh, taking flags and, and waving? Yeah. But again, there were people who broke windows. There were also people who were invited in. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, most Americans believe that the election of 2020 had so many issues, whether the courts found out what the issues were or not, whether the courts were able, were able to figure out what went wrong or not. It, they had so many issues that to this day, a majority of Americans in one party believe it wasn't on the up and up. And when you look at the approval rating of Joe Biden, when you look at how many people turn up at his rallies, and when you look at the supposed number of people who voted for him, a lot of people are scratching their heads. And now you have candidates like Carrie Lake. In fact, Joe Biden talked about this in his ridiculous speech yesterday, how all these candidates are election deniers, how all these candidates don't believe that the election was on the up and up and they refuse to accept the results of the election. And, and, and he can't believe that these are people not just running for office, but who will probably win. And the fact of the matter is that if you have candidates who bring into question the election in 2020, and if you have people willing to vote those people into office, then you're wrong. Then, you, then there is still stuff that there are questions that need to be answered. There are still investigations that need to be made. But the Democrats aren't doing that. They're not investigating. They're not asking the questions. They are creating House committees and they are investigating people with this false pretense that there was an insurrection on January 6th and that Donald Trump tried to overthrow the United States of America. When let's be honest, it was probably it was probably the other way around. So it, it look, it's a recipe for disaster for the Democrats. And I'm glad they're following it to a T. I hope they I hope they keep mixing, man. Keep baking, Democrats, because you are set for a monumental and historic defeat. Yesterday, I was uh, interviewed on a podcast and I mentioned that I thought we would have 53 Republican senators. But now it looks like early this morning, I looked at some of the polling and it looks like 54. 54 is what the consensus is going to be. The Republican seats that need to be held uh, people are saying it looks like all of the pollsters are saying will be held. That means North Carolina will be a Republican hold. That means that Pennsylvania will be a Republican hold. Florida will be a Republican hold. Uh, you know, South Carolina, Kentucky, all the states, Ohio, Republican hold. Then there's four states where we will see a Republican pickup. Arizona, Mark Kelly set to lose which means Blake Masters will be the senator. That will be a Republican pickup. In New Hampshire, New Hampshire, we talked to Mike Waltz about this yesterday. Ron Bolduck. Ron? Yeah. Uh, he's uh, upset to over, um, overtake Maggie Hassan or Hassan or whatever you want to call her. She's the do-nothing from New Hampshire. Hasn't done a damn thing. Nobody knows who she is. Uh, they're ready for a change. New Hampshire giving us a Republican senator is huge because that means that you've got conservatives in a very blue area, uh, New England, that are sick and tired of what's going on. You could start to see a domino effect through Connecticut, through New York, through uh, Vermont even. You know, downward into, into, into Maryland. I would love to see some of that. Delaware, how great would that be? Um, and then, of course, you've got, you've got Nevada, where uh, Adam Laxalt is set to win. And in Georgia, our buddy, Herschel Walker, set to uh, defeat Raphael. I'm the worst pastor and probably one of the worst people in the world, Warnock. Raphael Rubberstamp Warnock 
who just spent the last two years rubber stamping everything Joe Biden and the Democrats told him to do uh, is out the door. So if, if all that works out, if you've got the Republican holds in North Carolina and Florida and Ohio and Pennsylvania and all those places, if you've, and, it, and again, the projection is good uh, if everyone gets out to the polls and you've got the four seat pickup, then all that proves is that Joe Biden is wrong about January 6th, 2021. Joe Biden and the Democrats are wrong about the election in 2020 being secure. Joe Biden and the Democrats are wrong about the way Americans feel about the election of 2020. And most importantly, and scariest thing for Joe Biden and the Democrats, they're wrong about how America views Donald Trump. And that's what's really petrifying. Because if you get all of these election-denying, ultra-maga Republicans in, elected to office next Tuesday, then that just paves the way. The yellow brick road is laid out for Donald Trump to follow it all the way back to the Emerald City, uh, which in this case is Washington, D.C. It's going to be exciting. Don't take it for granted, though. You got to get out and vote. You got to vote now. You got to vote then. You got to vote whenever you can. Election day is Tuesday. We have some really big plans. Like I said, we're going to be out in Gainesville um, at the Cat Kamek headquarters. We're going to be uh, we're going to be there for her victory party. We're going to do the show live from Spurrier's restaurant um, on uh, on Tuesday morning. And then Thursday evening, we're going to be at the Granville Plantation where we're going to be partying with some of Florida's biggest politicians. And we're going to be watching this red wave live hopefully live streaming it to you. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so make plans to join us on and vote first, but whatever you do vote and then make plans to join us all day Tuesday uh, of next week. Listen, I got to get ready for the show. Thank you to everybody for who downloaded this podcast. Please leave us some reviews. Make sure you, that you share this email, this link to any of your, of your Liberty loving freedom, defending patriotic friends. If they're not Patriots yet, make them one, turn them into one. Figure out a way. Tell them what we're all about. Tell them what we do here every day. Tell them how we love America and tell them that we need their help because we are trying to save the republic.